In this episode, we bring a different view of OMT by a physician's assistant, Ms. Melinda Ledbetter. She was intrigued by DOs doing manipulation and amazed by their results many, many years ago and then founds, finds herself at the Osteopathic School of Medicine in Alabama, helping students realize all that can be done with OMT. It can even save your life. Even if you aren't confident and don't know very much of what you're doing, you still have the knowledge of the anatomy and your medicine to help back you and support you. We, there is lots of laughter in this episode as Melinda and I are very close. So I hope you enjoy and I hope it makes you laugh as well. Enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Robinson filling in for Dr. Green as he studies for his level three board exam. I'm excited to present our guest today, Ms. Melinda Ledbetter. She has a special spot in my heart as she helped me through my medical school career and continues on to be supportive throughout my residency as well. But Melinda, she has a very impressive CV. She has 35 years of experience in healthcare. She went to Stanford University in Birmingham where she got an associate's degree of nursing. And then she went back to school and went to Stanford University School of Medicine where she was eligible for certification for being a physician's assistant, which she is now uh, a physician's assistant in Alabama and Florida. She's done lots of different things from massage therapy school to aviation medicine to family practice to national park wilderness medicine uh, to going on various military installations throughout the U.S., occupational health to urgent care to uh, emergency medicine. And now she is a um, gosh, faculty instructor in family medicine and primary clinical skills at uh, the Alabama College of Osteopathic Medicine, as well as faculty advisor for Global Health and Emergency Medicine Student Interest Group. She's a table trainer in the OMT lab, committee chair for Lifestyle Medicine Group, and a member of the Title IX panel faculty advisor for Lifestyle Medicine Student Interest Group. And she's also done lots of volunteer experience with being a member of the board of directors of the uh, Monterey, I think that's Monterey, Rape Crisis Center. Um, and she's also done global health medical outreach trips. And she is a faculty supervisor for the Drum Circle Facilitator, which is one of my fond memories from medical school. So she does a lot of different things, and we very much appreciate her taking the time to speak with us today. So thank you so much, Melinda. Thank you. Glad to be here. So we like to get to know the person a little bit behind the medicine. What hobbies do you take, partake in right now? Oh, it's a long list. I would say top, top of the list would be um, cycling, the basics. You know, I love to hike. I love to camp. I'm trying to learn how to do metal stamping now, metal stamping jewelry. Oh, right. Yeah. I've got a, I'm never bored. I'll put it that way. But the highlight throughout the years that I've always done consistency are backpacking and camping and cycling are the things that, that, that warm my heart that I love to do. Absolutely. Being out there in nature, I think is really a nice way to decompress and kind of find yourself again once you're out of all this madness of medicine. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, do you have any books that you would recommend to our listeners? 
You know, actually, we're reading one now at work. We have a book club now, and it's a fantastic book. It's by Brene Brown, and it's called Dare to Lead. And it's very good. It, it addresses leadership, um, being vulnerable, how we wear, you know, a suit of armor when we're dealing with others. And, and, and it, it can roll over into your personal life as well. But if you are in any, let me put it this way, if you are working with at least one other person anywhere in your life, I would highly recommend this book, Dare to Lead. It's great. Dare to Lead. I'll have to add that to my list that I've got <laughs> growing <laughs> exponentially right now. Uh, are there any movies or documentaries that you would recommend? Um, yes, there's a documentary. It was shot back in 2012, I think, 2010 to 2012. And it's called The Waiting Room. And it was actually filmed in my old hospital where I used to work in Oakland, California at Highland Hospital. And it does a great job of addressing the disparities in medicine. And, and I have to say, hands down, the job that I had there that this movie was made about was one of my top three favorite jobs of all time. So it's very impactful. Do you, how, how long of a, of, it's a documentary, correct? Yes. How, how long is it that you know? I want to say it's, it's under two hours. It's not a real long documentary. Excellent. I'll be able to sit still then. <laughs> All right. I want a front row seat to that. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. So um, I would like for you to kind of tell us your story on how you got to where you are today with doing like the, uh, the OMT lab table trainer experience. So, you know, did you know about DOs? versus MDs or, you know, how did you get to where you are today? Well, you know, I did not know about DOs until I worked at um, Fort Rucker. When I worked in, um, before I did aviation medicine, I worked in the family practice clinic there and I was a civilian on contract. And that was my first exposure to working with DOs. And I was very intrigued because I would see them do manipulations and, and I saw the results. And so I started asking more about it and learned that I, I actually, when I look back on my time at Highland, there were actually a few DOs there. I just didn't realize it. So I was so busy with getting slammed in the ER there. But my path to DO started with the military, with being exposed to those guys out there. Okay. And then how did you land or end up in the uh the Alabama College of Osteopathic Medicine? I would have to say that would be a very serendipitous event because um, they were looking to hire a, a, a physician assistant. Dr. Lenz, the dean at the time, wanted to bring interprofessionalism into the college. And he was looking specifically for a PA. And I think that's only because he had worked primarily with PAs because thankfully now we've got PAs and NPs, which I think is an excellent combination but they were looking for a uh, mid-level and I happened to know somebody who worked there and introduced me to Dr. Lenz and we talked and I got to meet some of the faculty and they offered me the job and I was like, absolutely, sure. Because I had had that exposure to the DOs out at Rucker and I loved, you know, this is gonna sound so cliche, but I love the concept of osteopathic medicine 
because it, you know, I've always jokingly, when I worked at Rucker, they used to call me the tree hugger because I, <laughs> because I do pretty much lean more toward, you know, love, peace, hugs kind of thing. And <clears throat> osteopathic medicine very much appealed to me that way because of the approach to mind, body, spirit. So yeah, I was all in. Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so glad you did. I, I loved having you there. And I love being there. And you were, you were an awesome student, too. I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> thank, thank you very much. I think I spent a lot of time in your office. Yes. <laughs> Having so many different issues and concerns and worries and everything. So I appreciated all of it. Absolutely. So then how did you feel going into your first OMM lab? Oh, my gosh. It was, I have to say, it was a little overwhelming because it had been so many years since I had taken anatomy. And Dr. Hayes, Dr. Kevin Hayes at the time was the uh, chief. And uh, am I saying that right? The, the chair, sorry. The chair. Yeah, yeah, Chief Hayes. But um, he, he was the chair and he was incredible. And um, Dr. Rhonda Carter and I together decided we would audit it and we would be each other's partners. And it was, it was overwhelming at first, but then after the first few classes, we were, we were just like, oh my God, this is amazing stuff. And I just, I wanted to learn it all. It had just been so long since I'd taken anatomy. So I, <laughs> I felt like that kid that didn't do their homework, you know, that was in the back of the room going, wait, I've got to catch up. But the yeah. more I learned about it and the more um, Dr. Carter and I practiced on each other, the more it just, it, it just enamored me for lack of better words, because I was just amazed. I was amazed at everything that you can do with OMT. You know, I mean, people, it, and it, it's frustrating when I hear people say they compare it to chiropractic work. I just, oh, I just, I just want to say, no, let's sit down and have a conversation about this because this goes so much deeper. And it, the first time that the first time I did rib raising with Dr. Carter and she got relief, we were both like, oh, my God, I can't wait to go home and tell my family. <laughs> it was so awesome. But but yeah, that's how that's how I got to that point. And I have I have loved it ever since. So do you do you use it on family and friends? Um, not so much anymore because I haven't actually been a table trainer for the last few years just because of the change of administration at the college. And they've, they've kind of left that to the fellows, but back when I was in it and I was doing the, the table training, yes, I, I did some on my sister and a little bit on my brother and it was, it was very beneficial. Now you, you seem very passionate when you were mentioning the people comparing us to chiropractors and you know when we sit down and, and discuss it have you had discussions with students about that or with others and and what did you say was the you know main difference or how did you articulate that well you know and, and I try to start off by saying because I know people I have you know people that I know personally who are chiropractors. So that's not a slam at chiropractors at all, because actually back in years and years ago, when I injured my back, I was treated by a chiropractor. Hmm. But to me, the, the difference is, is the training is just worlds apart. I mean, that's osteopaths are physicians. 
and you guys learn the molecular side of it, the pharmaceutical side of it. You guys learn the science of it and not just the art. So you learn the art and the science of medicine. And chiropractors are, they're great at what they do, which is manipulation of, you know, skeletal, but they don't have that deep medical physician understanding of the human body. And, and that, and again, I'd, I, I just have to preempt that by saying that is not a slam at chiropractors that, you know, because everything has a, everything has a level in medicine and everybody has a part to play. But as far as OMT or osteopaths, you are physicians and you have that added bonus of knowing those manipulative treatments and techniques. Absolutely. I feel that way with working in, in the clinic now. You know, we incorporate physical therapists, we incorporate the chiropractors, massage therapists. All of us can have like a little role in the patient care. And some patients do better with others than than other techniques and and I think it's a good idea to keep an open mind yes absolutely and and so true I I actually see a massage therapist now who has done wonders to to help with you know some of my aches and pains of daily living (laughs) but but yes and, and I just I do not want to offend anybody who is a chiropractor because I think chiropractors are awesome they've got they have definitely have a, a place at that table I I agree as well. Yes. Uh, now, did when you were, you know, when you met your DOs back in the, the military, you were, where were you then? At Fort family medicine? Oh, yeah. It, I started out in family medicine and then I left for a while and then I came back and went through the flight surgeons course, which was loads of fun. It was amazing. And then um, worked in aviation medicine. And that's when you were introduced to the DO? Correct. Right. In aviation okay. medicine. Okay. Did you ask them lots of questions between, you know, what's the difference between the DO and the MD? You know, at the time I did not because everybody just, we all just worked alongside each other. And <clears throat> I just, the DO and MD to me, they were physicians, you know, and that's how I viewed it. But I did ask one in particular one day when I was having some back pain and he said, here, let me let me help you with that. And I jumped up on the table. I should say I crawled up on the table and, and he did some OMM on me. And that's when I first started to realize, oh, wow, there is a difference here. But, you know, I, I feel bad saying this, but I never did ask a whole lot of questions. I was always so busy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't either. So. <laughs> I never okay, knew. Good. I didn't even know my, my primary care was a DO until <laughs> going to pre-med and being introduced to there was like an introduction to medicine course and it told you all about what mds do and what your life is like and then they did this like little (laughs) one minute spiel on what a do was and then that made me look back at at my doctors and i was like wow he was a do (laughs) that's cool (laughs) you know (laughs) because he was my favorite doctor of all of them he really listened to me and he worked with me on my my life goals you know like I've never had a doctor think about my life goals exactly you know and I just went to a DO the other day for my um a dermatologist and and it is there's just a difference and so many times the way you're approached as a patient I felt welcomed and I felt appreciated 
and I felt like, you know, hey, he really wants to know what's going on here. And it was, yeah, it was really cool. And I still find that, you know, some, some Indies are, are like that too, you know, and I'm, and I would swear that they would had trained in, as a DO, but they still had, but they were the, you know, an MD. Uh, so I think it's just possibility of different people and how they approach their patients. So, yes, I agree. How different personalities react to their training as well, yeah. because yeah. some of the, the MDs we have at work, you know, like Dr. Carter, she's 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 got it going on as far as the compassion side and the approach to the whole person. So we have an MD on our residency or in our residency. She's doing a plus one and learning more about OMM and, and things. And she's awesome. She's got an awesome background history in sports medicine. And you would never, I would never know, you know, MD versus DO. I don't, I don't really, like you said, I see everybody as like at the physician. That was a good way to, to word that. Exactly. And, and I look at it as everybody at a table. I mean, we're all here together to do what? To treat patients, right? Mm -hmm. That's our, that's our common goal. And like DO, MD, it's like PA and NP, you know, we all work and here comes the tree hugger in me, but but, you know, we all work together for that ultimate goal and we can appreciate what the other side of the table has. Or I, and I picture it as a round table, not that there's any sides, but, you know, we all have what we are unique abilities and skills that we bring to the table. So I just look at it as one big, happy round table. I like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I should. It makes me think about my art. Maybe I should develop some kind of art for that. <laughs> Because, you know, I've got lots of times to do things. So <laughs> yeah, I know you just got all this free time. Right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so let's chat about kind of what would you what would you tell a medical student that's going into their you know, first OMM lab on on and not feeling very secure or understanding kind of like your first experience with OMM lab. Uh, what would you do to encourage them to to either be open to it or to, you know, kind of utilize it in their future? What would you say? <laughs> I would say you could save someone's life with it. <laughs> and, and here we go. Here comes the story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> and, and feel and jump in at any time if I, if I um, miss anything. But I would tell a student, I wouldn't tell them the whole long story because usually you're running late for class, half the, half the students are anyway. But um, I would, I would say, I don't know if you realize it, but you can literally save somebody's life with this because there was a certain student, I can't remember, I think her name was Amanda Robinson. <laughs> I think that was her name. <laughs> that I was riding bikes with one day and I had just gotten diagnosed with um, atrial fibrillation, AFib. That sounds so weird saying atrial fibrillation. <laughs> but I had just gotten diagnosed with AFib and we were riding and I was climbing a hill and all I saw was heels and ass because you were so far ahead of me. <laughs> and, and, I, <laughs> and I was just puffing and puffing up that hill. And long story short, I had overextended. And this was before I was on any kind of meds. <clears throat> and my heart rate started to get so high that I couldn't breathe. And I pulled off on my bike. I couldn't even take my helmet off. I was, I, I, I don't even think we were able to clock my heart rate that day. It was so fast. 
We and were not. Uh-uh. I, we, I couldn't feel it at all. Yeah, I, exactly. There was, <laughs> I was near pulseless. <laughs> And I managed to get off my bike and I couldn't get my helmet off because things were going black. And I thought, oh my gosh, here, really? In front of this church on the side of the road, it's going to be it. And it was, I remember you said, can I call an ambulance? And I said, nope, I've got a $1,200 bicycle. You are not going to call an ambulance and leave that bike here. I'll die. I'll go down with the ship. But I remember sitting, I managed to get to the steps and you said, what can I do? And I said, I just be here. And you said, can I at least do some OMT? <laughs> and tell it, you might, you'll have to remind me what you did, but you started doing OMT. And I mean, it literally, and it's like I've told you before, I do believe that I would not be sitting here had you not done that because my heart rate was off the charts. I couldn't breathe. You know, I was starting to get that, that, uh, heart shift, the, the pressure in my heart, but tell me, you might want to tell them what technique you did. Sure. Uh, and I, I think, was I a fourth year at this time? Um, yes, I think you were. Okay. So fourth year and I, Oh wait, no, no, you were third year. I'm oh, third, year. third year. Okay. So third year. And so <laughs> you definitely superseded in, you know, uh, what I, I like when you said, no, don't call the ambulance. I probably should have still done that, but you know, you were, you definitely had more knowledge about medicine than I did at that point. And I was, you know, okay, sure. We'll do what you say. <laughs> uh, and then I felt like, yeah, I was like, I had no idea what to do. <laughs> and, and I was like, you know, maybe, I, you know, they say sympathetics to the heart come from <laughs> T1 through T5-ish, you know, and I was like, maybe if I do some myofascial release and just, you know, maybe inhibit that area, you'll feel better. Uh, <laughs> that was the only thing I could think of. And then as I was, I, as I touched that part of your back, it was so cold and yeah high I was like what like you had put ice on your bag it was the craziest <laughs> sensation and very clammy you were not well at all <laughs> and I just I, I went from t1 I was like okay I feel like it's moving now and I went to t2 t3 t4 I'm like this woman's crazy <laughs> All this for a bicycle. I know. And you're like, I'm not going to the hospital. So I was like, okay, this is awesome. And then about 15 minutes, you started perking back up. We got a, we could feel your pulse better, started slowing down. And, and then we cycled back to my car. Yes. And it was three miles, I think. Three or four yes. miles back to the car. I was scared the entire time. <laughs> I was watching you make sure that bike didn't like start leaning that you're going to fall over. <laughs> I know. I felt like you were the den mother. I was like, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> Anything else? Anything else? Yeah, that was pretty amazing. But, you know, I would tell a student that because, you know, I actually told my boss, Dr. Miller at the time, I told him what happened and he wasn't surprised because he was aware of that as well. He was thrilled that you had done that. And he said, he said, yes, a lot of people don't realize that you can do that. And I said, well, I'm darn sure glad Amanda knew how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Looking back, you know, 
that was, I think that was, you know, I had, had no, not a lot of confidence doing it. I was just taking a stab in the dark and like, you know, mate, this might work. I don't know. <laughs> Give it a try. But yeah, I wasn't really confident in those skills, but you know, it, it, it did really work great. It was really awesome. Well, the good part is, is you didn't, of course, I, of course I couldn't breathe or see, so I or didn't really have a good sense of it, but I did not get the impression at all that you were not confident. So even in your, you know, students, any students that, that may listen or think about that, even if you're shaking inside and you're putting all over, if you just do what you're, what you're trained to do, then you can have amazing results. And with Pretty even cool. like, uh, that was only, that wasn't very much uh, exposure to OMM besides the labs that we'd done in lectures. Exactly. Yeah. Imagine what you could do now. I know. I was just thinking that. I was I like, know. man, I would have done this and this and this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That was a very uh, interesting experience for sure. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and not only that, not only thinking about, you know, that you could literally save somebody's life with it, but also, you know, I would stop and ask if, if you're going into OMT and you feel like, gosh, I'd rather be studying for this or why am I doing this? I would stop and say, why are you in an, a DO school in the first place? Because that is an amazing skill. And that's something that, you know, that you could take with you wherever you go. You know, when, when I go somewhere, if I have a, a stethoscope or a blood pressure cuff or a suture kit or whatever, I can use my skills. But you guys walk around every day with the best skill you have attached to your body. And that to me is just pretty flipping amazing. It's awesome. It is amazing. It is definitely comes in handy, you know, when I'm just randomly out. <laughs> yes, exactly. A little bit of a nerd. Uh, anytime, anytime somebody says, I got this ache. Oh, tell me more. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, now, you, are you still doing the, the medical outreach trips? Yes, up until uh, the pandemic, we stopped doing them when the when COVID hit and shut the world down. And I'm not sure when we'll be able to do it again, but the last one I did was um, Ecuador. And again, uh, this is, you know, I, I, I sound like I'm getting like a, a commission or something for this because I keep gushing, but it truly is amazing because in, in when I think about what students can do, when we went to Ecuador, there were, I want to say 11 students with me. We did, or they did OMT everywhere we went. And there was a case in point. We were in a village in Quito. We had gone into the capital city. We, we had um, gone up into the mountains and hiked around from, from hut to hut, which was pretty impressive. But we were in the village in Quito and we had gone to this house of a woman who had been wheelchair bound for years and years and years, she was, she was elderly, probably my age, but um, she, she had been wheelchair bound for years and she was, she was contracted and, you know, leaning over in her wheelchair and, and keep in mind, this is, this is extreme poverty. Like you probably have never seen here in this country. And the students started working on her and it was amazing because they were so, gentle and they were so into what they were doing like we really want to help this person 
And it just gives me goosebumps to think back on it because they worked on this lady in that chair. They'd give her a, a, a little bit of a break. They'd work on her a little bit more. And, you know, I know this sounds like I'm selling snake oil, but that woman sat up in her chair. She sat upright and she smiled. And I was just blown away. I, I just, I don't know. I just think that is just so amazing because there's all the years that she had been in that chair leaning over, you know, it, it was like she was just there. And when she smiled, I swear so many of us, we had tears running down our face after what they had done. That was pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty amazing what you can do with just some gentle myofascial release and just feeling for tension and following the tissues and, Yeah, I just had a patient the other day who had knee pain and I just did a little, you know, BLT on the knee and he's like, are you like a magician? Like a troll or something? (laughs) I was like, what? Oh, he called me a leprechaun. (laughs) And I I explained the science behind it. I was like the nerves, resetting, Golgi tendons, alpha, you know, all that stuff. And he still was like, nope, that was magic. I was like, okay. Sorry, I left my rabbit at home. (laughs) (laughs) But it is awesome when you can change somebody's life like that. So, And, you know, the thing, too, that you guys learn in, um, I I don't know about other schools, but I know. And (laughs) you know how we stress the patient-centered. You know, it's all about Mm -hmm. while you're learning these amazing skills, we also enforce being being decent human beings to your patients. And that's one of the things that has always impressed me too. Like when I went to India with students, was their compassion and their genuine interest in that person's life when those, when these people would come in in these really underserved areas and the students were genuinely interested in what's going on in their world. You know, like the lady in Ecuador, everywhere we went, I was so proud of the students because it was more than just, oh, I want to take a blood pressure. It's more than just, oh, I want to see something interesting. They were actually invested in learning about those people in their lives and how they could help them on that level. Yeah, it, it makes a big difference to know the person, I think. Yes, and that's one of the things about osteopathic medicine that I love is that is one of the emphasis is the whole person. Yeah. It's important. And it helps you also to think outside the box too. Like you're helping someone and you're, you know, you've done all the medicine side of things, but they're still kind of, you know, teetering and like still not getting better. And what else can you do? Well, you can try the OMT or you can try, you know, is it a, a trauma history that's manifested within the body somehow and they need to really process that trauma or, you know, it keeps, I think it keeps your mind open and just like with nutrition or with sleep, all that can be a a part of the patient's health and care. So. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Robaxin and, and, uh, uh, Naperson can only go so far, (laughs) you know, it's, which is the classic, you see people all the time that have, or at least I do in the ER, they've got neck pain or back pain and they've been given, Flexoril and Robaxin and Naproxen, and there's nothing wrong with those, but so many times they haven't had the real 
bottom line addressed as to why are you so tense and tight? Like you said, oh, there's been some trauma or there's been some emotional issues that sometimes all it takes is just an acknowledgement, mm. you know? Yes. Yes. I've learned that with my almost two years of residency now. So it's, it's important to, to listen and get them talking, I think. Yes. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share with their listeners about YOMT and, and anything that you can think of? I'm trying to think, but I can't think of anything else. I think I've already gushed enough. I, think. <laughs> I already feel like, a, you know, the little tree hugger, peace hippies in, priestess of Zen here. Yes, do OMD. Yes. Well, I, that's, that's why I wanted to interview you. I knew that you have a, a passion for it and, and you understand it and you have a, a different view being, you know, a PA versus we, we talk to DOs a lot. And I think there's been, I don't know, I think it's all been DOs actually. Um, you know, we, we've, oh, and physical therapists, and I'm not sure if there's a bit of chiropractor or not, but trying to get different perspectives from, I think that's a good way to, uh, paint a picture of, for OMT and how it can be useful. Absolutely. So many uses. And, yeah. and, and again, there that you, everybody finds themselves at that round table and everybody has a little bit to contribute. And, you know, and I, I'll say it again, everybody's got their own tools and you guys walk around, you know, with your tools 24 seven, which is to me just stands out above and beyond. I think it's amazing. Yeah. I agree too. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. Uh, I know that there's a bad storm there and that you need to get going and, and take care of everything that's there. So hopefully that passes and you guys are safe. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, Mandy. I appreciate it. I'm sorry, Dr. Robinson. I love calling you Dr. <laughs> Robinson now. That's so cool. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll catch up with you later. Okay. Thanks. Take All care. Right. Bye. Uh, okay. Bye. It is truly amazing all the things that OMT can do. And I hope you enjoyed this episode with one of the most, one of my most favorite people in my life, full of so much joy and open-mindedness. So no matter where you are in training, who you are, a PA, MD, DO student, OMT can be used anywhere. Please leave a review. And if you have any questions from Melinda or I, please click on the episode and we will get back to you soon. Following this episode, we do have a new segment where we're going to include what a few med students say about OMT. Until next time. My name is Emma Ford. I'm from Michigan State University College of Osteopathic Medicine as a second year. And my favorite part about OMM is being able to really utilize your hands and not being afraid to touch patients. And I think that that just makes such a difference to them, be able to be able to lay hands on them and then they can get up from the table feeling almost immediately better. It's a very, very powerful experience as a physician or as a student and for the patient as well. My name is Justine Tran. I'm a fourth year medical student at Western U in Pomona, California. I love OMM because it gives me a way to connect with my patients that is sincere, authentic, and makes it all about them, which 
helps me to treat each of my patients to the best of my ability.